Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com slash audio. Patreon, and today we are going to be discussing altars. First, I want to apologize for how long it took me to put it up because I have been really, really busy. Um, but again, thank you all for just being patient with me as we uh, go over altars today. When I first heard about altars, um, I used to think it was something strange. Okay, I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, and only. The only time I heard about the altar was when you come up to the altar in church and pray. And so my sister, um, she had an altar and she was telling me that she was studying under this master prophet. And he was telling them that it's okay to have an altar. And it still didn't feel right with me. I didn't understand it and I didn't try to search, you know, and research for myself. I trusted her and I was like, okay, you know, because she was like always the leader in the family. And older than me, you know, older than I. And so, you know, I said, okay, whatever. So, you know, I began seeing different people talking about altars. And I was like, and she had had an altar years ago. And I was like, okay, let me research it. You know, I never did, you know, like I said before, you know, research. I just like, if that's what you want to do, that's your thing, that's your thing. Then I started researching and, you know, the Lord began to, opened my eyes and I became spiritually awake. And when I say spiritually awake, he opened my eyes to, you know, gemstones, stones in the Bible, whatever. My first awakening was probably like a year before my father passed. For Christmas, he gave all of us our birthstone rings. And that was, I was shocked because, we, you know, we was taught at one point that the horoscope was wrong and you know, it was a whole bunch of things that I grew up believing. And, you know, when he gave us that, I felt happy because I was like, wow, so this is not bad. If my dad, you know, if my father can give me a birthstone ring, so I guess the birthstones are not wrong, you know. And so, you know, when he passed away, I found a lot of his books and a lot of them were dealing in topics that were just taboo in the church that he, you know, was um pastoring for so many years and I was I was just blown away so this opened the door for me to really start seeking and so today we are focusing on altars and all through the Bible there are so many scriptures supporting altars and I'm gonna just touch on a few of the scriptures in first Samuel 14 and 35 it says and Saul built an altar to the Lord it was the first altar that he built to the Lord. In Joshua 22 and 26, it says, Therefore we said, let us build an altar, not for burnt offering or for sacrifice. And in 1 Chronicles 21 and 26, Then David built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called to the Lord. He answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offerings. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, Jesus came as a sacrifice 
you know, why we need altars? Well, it's because Jesus was the burnt off with the offering. He was the he was the sacrifice for that way. So you don't need to do burnt offerings anymore because Jesus was the human sacrifice. The prayer altar is a lifestyle where we draw the presence of God and push back the spiritual darkness to see transformation come into our lives and lands. The altar is a place of adoring, adoring, I'm sorry, adoring, listening, turning, agreeing, and reviving. Okay, so this is where you come to your place in your house, okay, and you come to the direct presence of God. I feel when I'm in my altar, when I'm praying, you know, and I'm before my altar, that I have a telephone line to God, okay? That's how I feel. The first altar was recorded in the Hebrew Bible is that uh, erected by Noah in Genesis 8 and 20, okay? Altars were erected by Abraham in Genesis 12 and 7, 13, 4, 22 and 9, by Isaac in 26 and 25. Remember, he had put his son up to sacrifice and then the angel of the Lord <clears throat> stopped him by Jacob, 33 and 20, and by Moses, Exodus 7, 15. So I wanted to give you all scriptures because a lot of times people want to see it for themselves so they can, you know, read it and know that it's, you know, um, scriptural. But also I keep telling you all that the King James Version is not the oldest version of the Bible, okay? It is the Ethiopian, okay, Bible. Why has this been such a big deal to me? Okay, the altars, because God will open a portal to heaven and a place is dedicated to him. When you put up that altar, that's that place for it's just you and God. God cares about our land. He cares about places. When a place is dedicated to him, you can feel the difference. He will actually open up a gate into and from heaven over that place. And you will have supernatural encounters with him there. I can tell you right now, it's true. There are some things that I have been petitioning God about. And God moved. It was a family member that, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, like talk to and communicate to with. And this person was distancing themselves. And I went to that altar and I prayed. And I tell you, the person reached out to me and we had a wonderful uh, conversation. It was just beautiful. And I, I knew it was God because I knew I had been praying about that situation. But it was only until I got that altar and then I sat before that altar and I, I bowed my head and I prayed. God moved not only that a lot of situations that I can honestly say that I, I know God moved because I prayed in front of that into you know with the altar two because having a dedicated altar in a quiet place feeds your spirit needs for separation and solitude and make sure your altar is someplace that is undisturbed and it's a quiet time like mine is in my office and in you know, the front of my office and I just turn my chair and I just bend down and I start, you know, I just start praying. It has to be a place where it's quiet. Everyone needs time alone with God. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert. If you're alive and breathing, you need time alone with God. Okay, not just sitting in your living room, you know, chair, you know, and praying. You know, that's fine, you know, because a lot of us can't get on our knees because of arthritis. But a specific place that you can, that you know is special. You know, because having an altar your, your, in your home helps you to develop the daily discipline of spending time with God. It, it, it is. It's like I look forward to it. You know, I know I say, okay, I got to go pray. I hop out the bed and I just, you know, walk right into my office. My husband's like, where are you going? I said, go pray. He said, okay. I go right into my office and I just start praying, you know, in my altar. You know, something hit me and something said, go to the altar. And I go to the altar. 
I do know in church, you know, when you come up, you know, you want prayer, you go to the altar. It's a special place, not just in church, but it could be in your home. Having a place that is yours, that you love, that is beautiful to you, that is cozy and personal makes you want to spend time in it. And it's true. Okay. And we're going to go into shortly about what you put on your altar. And when you are in the habit of spending time in that place and knowing that that place is a spot and you spend time with God, it helps you spend more time with him again. It helps you to spend more time because you like it. It's like you feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? You feel, you know, like this is my private place. It's nothing that can can take away that. The altar is a system of authorization, a platform where the realm of the spirit makes contact with the physical realm on earthly ground. This is how you invoke the presence of God. Abel and Cain made altars, and God moved on Abel's altar, and Cain got jealous and killed him. An altar is where a covenant is activated and maintained. An altar gives life to a covenant. An altar is like the battery, okay? So that's the battery. It's like you're you going to pray, but that 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 altar, is it jump starts it, 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 it moves it. In Hebrew, Jesus carried his blood to heaven as a covenant. And when we build altars, it moves our prayers. The most accurate measure of uh, how healthy your prayer life, your spiritual life is, is your prayer life. Okay, it is a sacrifice to pray and any and everyone can teach any and everyone can preach, but not everyone can pray. God rules the world sitting on the altar. The throne room is an altar. He sits upon that altar and rules from heaven, surrounded by angels and great mysteries. And I've been to the throne room in the spirit one time, one time and the throne was so big. I knew I was far back, but it was so big. It felt like I was close. Everyone who seeks to walk in true dominion must operate from an, op- an altar. And as you know, every time God does something, the enemy will try to mock it. He will try to copy it. Okay. And so, and so that's why you say, well, okay, witches got altars. Yes, they do. Witches do have altars. They're copying what God meant for us. They always copy what God intended for us to do. That's just, that's just how they are. It's not going to stop. You know, that's just the way they move. And you have to understand that um, just because, um, you know, they do it don't mean you mimicking them. No, they're mimicking us, okay? They're mimicking what God in- intended for us. Everything that God does, the enemy will try to mimic it. And what happens is they take over so much and people become so religious, just like, um, you know, like uh, gemstones, crystals. Okay, just like the herbs of the land where witches get these herbs and they manipulate it. God created these herbs. They have a medicinal purpose and they have a spiritual purpose. And when they found out the spiritual purpose, they took the spiritual purpose and started manipulating it for things, you know, like for witchcraft. And and that's that's where that's the difference. If you burn incense just to make your house smell good, you sometimes you're not even thinking about Okay, what's the spiritual benefits of this, this incense? You just burn it because you like it. But they think about everything they do. They, they think about the spiritual aspect. But there's nothing wrong with that. And one thing, only one thing is that when you're trying to manipulate, you see what I'm saying? If God created sage, okay, people use sage to cook. They put sage dressing. But also the Native Americans knew the spiritual side of it, okay? And our people, our ancestors knew the spiritual side of it. God created these Okay, so if he didn't want it to be used in those in those in that capacity, then why did he create it? Okay, 
Um, so, you know, it's like, but he didn't, he didn't want you to manipulate, use it for the purpose that God intended it to be, not for a different purpose. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. Okay. So like I said before, um, altars are very important. It's your direct communication phone line to God. Okay. Everyone should have one. Um, you can even name your altar. Okay. Um, it could be, um, an altar of praise, an altar, an altar of, um, prayer, you know, um, no Thanksgiving, uh, mine is the altar of Shalom. Okay. And Shalom covers everything. Okay. And you know, you can name it what you want to. Okay. You can name your altar and then the things you put on your altar, it depends on you. Okay. Some people have an altar cloth that they put over top of the altar. Like you see, um, you know, in church, they have like a covering over the table. Okay. Um, and then, um, you can put, um, your Bible, you know, or your study materials. Um, I was told that you always supposed to have a burning white candle or candle on your altar because the candle represents the light of Christ. Okay. Um, you can put, um, a cross on there. Uh, I have the Lucia hole spray on my altar. Um, I have a picture of my parents and I also have a singing bowl. There are sounds that will penetrate, uh, the atmosphere and, in a singing bowl, and you'll see it because uh, if you look at the picture, it's certain sounds that just soothing, certain megahertz that can bring healing, certain pitches. And when I do that, that sound, that bowl, when I do that bowl, it's, it's, it makes a, a very unique sound and it's very uh, calming. And I'm going to do it for you guys. You guys, hold on. A lot of times you'll see. I think Buddhists, they be having these, but it's not just for Buddhists. It's, Buddhists was the first ones, I believe, to start using them um, or made them popular. But it sounds like this. And see, when you heard that, if I did it for like probably like maybe 10 minutes, oh my goodness, it brings all of your um, chakras in alignment, and I teach on those in the future, and it just makes everything peaceful uh, for me. It feels like it just gives me a balance, okay, and when I do that, so I have that on there as well. Um, I also have a, a pink Himalayan salt lamp. That I put a candle in. Um, I also have a bowl. Well, it's like it's like a little jar that you can put prayers in. But I don't I don't really do that. I haven't did that yet. I have a crucifix on here. Um, and I have um sage. I have a, a bundle of sage um in a um a, a shell. I think it's an avalanche shell. So when I sage, I do have that avalanche shell, um shell underneath of it. And people might say, Well, why you sage? Because demons can't stand certain smells and that's one of them okay if you ever sage you need to put like a, a sweet a sweet grass or something with it or after you finish sage you need to go behind it with sweet grass if you do that and i use the lucia hole because the lucia hole has um uh, in, uh, uh um essential oil in it and it has several essential oils in it and they combine together they will run out evil at the same time it will bring in the presence of the angels of god 
So you can, if you don't want to sage, I rotate between both of them. I went through my house, the upstairs yesterday, and I um I use a douche hole. And, you know, I have to go, go downstairs today and use a douche hole and go to the bottom, especially when people come into my house. After people come into my house, immediately, I, I'll sage or I'll loose your hole or I'll do a com- combination of both um, to make sure that, you know, any spirits that anybody brought uh, will, will exit my house, okay? So I hope this has helped you. Um, again, you know, decide whether or not you want to have an altar in your home. I'm going to tell you right now, it will make a huge difference. And I know that um, God will move for you because I've seen him move for me, Okay. Thank you for um, being a Patreon supporter. May God bless you and may heaven smile upon you. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.